everyone. This is Patricia Clark, and today we're going to talk about Lesson 2 from the book Lifted by Love. And before we get started, I just want to give a shout out and a thank you to Tommy Thompson, who's been joining me for a couple episodes to discuss these chapters. He and I have been working together for a while, and I wanted to tell you where you can find more from him. He has a website at tommythompson.org, and he wrote a great book called Space to Breathe Again, and I wrote the study guide for groups to use. And in it, you'll find a ton of really practical, strategic ways, even introduces systems for dealing with all manner of modern life that encroach on our peace and rest and flourishing. So if you want to check that out, you can do so at his website, and also we he had a podcast for a long time and I was with him fairly often on that pretty frequently as a co-host. And you can find that podcast at space for life at all your regular podcast stations. So we are going to jump into a conversation with him today on this, one of the most famous stories about Peter in the Bible. And this is the story where Jesus says to Peter, I'm going to give you a new name. His first name was Simon, and he gives him a new name, Peter. And he says, you're the rock on which I will build my church. And before we jump into the conversation, I just want to read that passage to you because it's very strong statement. And it, interestingly enough, occurs it occurs smack in the middle of the book of Mark. It's almost as if Mark was saying this is a turning point in the story of the Christian movement. But the account I'm going to read is from Matthew 16, because it fleshes it out a little bit better. So here's the passage we're going to be discussing today. Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, that's just this area where he was traveling, and he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they say, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And when he talks about the Son of Man, he's referring to himself. It's ironically another word for the Son of God. It's interesting that the Son of Man historically in the Bible is referencing someone who is divine, Whereas the Son of God, historically in the Bible, is referencing a human who is representative of God. So you could go into a deeper dive with that. I could put some notes in the show notes about that. But what he is asking is, who do people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? What do they think of me and all these miracles? And what are people saying about me? And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? So at first he says, who does everybody else say that I am. And then he points to them directly and says, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And that's the statement we're going to discuss today. And we're going to look at it sort of from a different angle. So now we're going to jump over into the middle of a discussion that Tommy and I had. It's interesting because Peter in in this passage has this great proclamation of faith. But then later, he ends up completely abandoning his faith when Jesus dies. We'll read this about this later. And he denies Jesus. And I I think... Sometimes we 
as people, as we are trying to grow or learn about God, we put a huge emphasis on our own faith and instead of who we have faith in. And there's this, there's this, this little phrase, this parable, and I shared it with our group yesterday, that the kingdom of God is like faith of a mustard seed. It's the tiniest of all seeds, but it grows into the biggest bush and spreads. And in this moment, Peter has such great faith, but later he'll have such little faith. And there's this thing we do as humans where we ebb and flow, where we sometimes are putting our trust and our love in created things. And sometimes we have this great conviction in the divinity of God, and we put our hope and our trust and our love in Him, and we ebb and flow with that. But what is so encouraging about that mustard seed concept and what's so encouraging about looking at the life, the life of Peter is that we see our humanity in him and we, we realize that it didn't really rest on how big or how small his faith is or was. It rested on the fact that God called him, God gave him a new name, God loved him, he received that love, and that love gave him this conviction that Jesus is God. Absolutely. I, I think I think the the truth which we get very backwards is if, if we take the tiniest, tiniest of steps towards God, he runs miles to us. And we tend to think about it the opposite, that we've got to run the miles in order for God to begrudgingly you know, come to us. And that's that's not the picture that Jesus said. It's like the prodigal father ran out to meet the son. You know, that's the love of God that he comes and he meets us a thousand times where we come to meet him. Mm-hmm. And that's that mustard seed. Well, and in, in, in my house yesterday, we had over 40 women sitting there and we had not been together as a group since 2018. And in those years, I know so much has happened in all of our lives. You know, two or three of those years were pandemic years. I know people that had lost loved ones. I know people who had been through sickness and untold suffering, which everyone experienced during those years. And it's really natural when you experience hardship for your faith to wane because you think, how can there be this good God that would allow these hard things to happen? And then there might've been other times during the pandemic where your faith would grow and expand like a seed. And I shared with them that I had had some hard things like everyone else during the pandemic. And I was also in seminary and learning some things. And ironically, this combination made me really doubt a lot of things about God. And I could even feel it in my prayer life. There was almost like this block, this wall, and there was very little emotional connection. There was very little spiritual fulfillment. It was just kind of flat and dead. And I found myself trying to do things to strengthen my own faith And one of the things I shared with the group yesterday is that a little tiny mustard seed, when it goes into the ground, it cannot grow itself. There's this amazing hidden mystery in nature 
that things that are tiny grow into huge living creatures or huge, you know, living plants. And what takes it from that tiny, like materially, what takes that tiny little substance and, and allows it to grow? Well, well, it's the sun, the air, there's this whole scientific process that goes into it, but it's still kind of a mystery. But the, the thing that the seed has to do is it has to break. It has to break open. And I shared this with the group yesterday that the thing that kind of helped me move through that period of doubt was not trying to strengthen my own faith. The thing that helped me move through that period of doubt was an opening up or a breaking open in this picture mm-hmm. of the seed, an opening up in honesty and prayer toward God about some of the disappointments and hardships I was having during these pandemic years, about some of the chronic struggle that I didn't seem to be making headway in, and about some of the intellectual things I was learning. And somehow that honest conversation, it's just like in a relationship, it just cleared the air, cleared the pathway. And all of a sudden, even though my my questions weren't answered, um, and the circumstances didn't necessarily improve, the relationship was restored. And I found over time that my life began to grow again spiritually, just like a seed would grow when it's broken open. Well, I love that. And, and isn't that such a parallel to the life of Peter that we see, this, this moment, which was a pivotal moment where he declares that, that Jesus is the Son of God, and yet we see so many ups and downs in his life and him denying Christ at, at a later point. And yet it's not about him. It's about God's faithfulness to him. And so God continues to reveal himself and continues to break open and continues to cause growth in spite of all of that. It's not because Peter was great. It was because God was great. And I almost think one of the great messages from this passage is we take a small step and God meets us abundantly. And that's that's a place so many of us are in, is just, can we take the smallest, tiniest step towards God, and he will meet us beyond our wildest imagination? Yeah, I like the word step. I think that, that word is going to really tie into next week as well. This week, I what resonates the most with me is this idea of not even taking a step, but more opening yes. where you are. And there's an honesty about where you are. And historically speaking, this is the moment where the first person declares that Jesus is the son of God. So in a sense, this is the birthplace of the Christian movement and Jesus says, on this declaration, on this rock, he gives them the new name Peter, which means Petra, which means rock. But it's really the declaration that is the beginning of what he calls the church, which is not a building. It's a, a movement of people who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So what's fascinating is within 150 years of this declaration, there are I think I read 140,000 followers 
of Jesus, starting with this one person. And this is a time before internet, before most people could read or write, before newspapers, before anything. So in in that short period of time, the the followers of Jesus had grown just like a mustard seed, a so tiny wow. has grown. And then within 200 years, it was like 200,000. That's amazing. And then you think about today, and not only just the number of people, but the impact that the value system of the kingdom of God that we talked about last week has has infused our culture. Uh, you know, things like libraries and hospitals and um, caring for the poor and all of these values didn't exist before this movement. And so you just think about that idea of the tiny mustard seed and what we're witnessing today in the story is that seed planted and cracked open and what comes from that. That's that's incredible. Love that. So it's it's just an invitation to all of us today to whether you have struggled with having faith during the last few years or whether you are just curious about this, but wherever you are, I think sometimes even those of us who are in seminary and are supposed to really have these rock solid belief systems have this tendency to feel like we can't really be honest with God and it creates this barrier. Um, it's almost like, you know, we were somehow blocked from the sunlight and the water and the growth that we need because we're not really being honest about where we are. But I would love for this lesson to be a time when people can think about the question, who do you say that I am? And then not respond with how Peter did, not respond with how we think we ought to, but respond honestly. And that is the beginning of growth. That is great. I love it. I mean, the the way we're wired, we almost have to put the phrase, honestly, who do you say that I am? Sure. And whatever is the honest answer, God, God can handle it. Sure. Yeah. So maybe you're listening to this before you actually read the chapter. And if you are, I hope that you'll take time in your reading to answer that question and to write about it a little bit and be honest. 